Good morning, church. I have to say, Matt and I had a good time last night. I think it was fun. If my voice cracks or gives out, I would like to say it's because of allergies or because I might be a little sick. Uh, but, but to be honest, it's probably because I yelled a little too much uh, because they won. So uh, Nashville FC won. It was a good time, uh, and I appreciate that. Uh, well, this morning, Patterson is obviously not here. I'll be filling in uh, for him. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago, maybe it was last week, I, I was gone on fall break, and so I watched online and kind of skimmed through and saw that uh, Goyo and Patterson had a little competition between the longest sermon. And uh, this morning, Goyo saw that I had seven pages. He's like, oh, man, you're going to be like 50 minutes. I said, do not worry. There's not going to be an issue with time uh, with me. I might have the world's shortest sermon, in fact, so uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, man, there's been a, a great number of things happen the last couple months here at church. I think back about all the great uh, events and things that we've had, especially pertaining to the community. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had uh, the mental health workshop, and if you were able to be a part of that, you know what a blessing uh, that workshop was and how uh, enriching and, and beneficial that was. I look forward to more opportunities like that in the future. Obviously, we have our fall festival next week that we want everyone to come out for and be involved. Uh, but there's a lot of great things happening here at Antioch. Well, one of the speakers for uh, the mental health workshop was uh, our own Miss uh, Gail Adams. Is she, did I see her? Oh, she was over here. Oh, man. So something I liked that Gail did uh, during the workout shop is she knows that she was a little nervous, so she brought someone up to be her emotional support buddy. I was going to call Gail up and say, Gail, would you be my emotional support but She's not here. It's fine. Uh, anyway, but it was a, it was a great workshop. Uh, Gail did a great job. We had a lot of great speakers. Um, we hope that you uh, benefited from that. So something I want to put a, a bug in your ear this morning uh, is here also in a couple of weeks, our youth group, our youth ministry, junior high and high school is going to have a, a service uh, night, really like a service two hours uh, on Sunday the 29th. So, uh, but what we need is if you have something that the teens can do uh, for you at your house, uh, it could be helping rake leaves. It could be that you've had a tree down for a while that you need help taking care of, uh, taking it to the, to the curb that we can do. Any kind of light work that the teens, uh, keep in mind, this is junior high and high school, so we're not doing like a remodel on your house. Right? We're talking like two hours, two hours of work that we can come and do uh, for you. Please come and see me and let me know. We would like to break up into small groups. I don't want to take a van full of, you know, 20, 30 kids to one location and you know, two kids are doing the work and the rest are staying around. And so we're going to break up into small groups. Um, so we need a, a good number of projects. So if you have a need or if you have a neighbor that you know has a need, uh, please let me know and uh, we'll try to help you in that way. That's Sunday, the 29th of this month, the last Sunday of the month. Uh, it'll be in the evening around five-ish, okay? Uh, but just let me know. I can get you those details. Well, this morning, uh, we're going to be in the book of John, chapter 15. I'm going to encourage you to turn there with me, John, chapter 15. But before we do that, uh, I've given a, a challenge to our high school students. I've given a challenge to our high school students to bring their paper Bible to Bible class every week. Now, the additive incentive for them uh, is that if 100%, 
So 100% of them bring their paper Bible to class one of the weeks. I will, I will take them all out to lunch. Yeah, that's a pretty good incentive. Like we might have to do a GoFundMe to, to, to do it, but we'll all go to lunch uh, and, and plan that. Now it, it hasn't yet happened, um, but it's been a really good challenge. Some of our teens have taken it upon themselves to post in the group meet every, every Sunday morning. Don't forget your paper Bible. So it's been encouraging to see how this challenge has really unfolded with them. So for one, it, it gets them in their own Bibles, right? Bring your Bible to church. It gets them in their own physical paper Bible that they can highlight and underline and they can see the text and the context around the verses instead of the phone where it's sometimes hard to read around the text that you're looking at. And two, two it removes the distractions of the phone, right? Now, I'm not saying that using your phone Bible is, is bad or, you know, it's from the devil or anything. No, like, it, it's fine. You can do that. Uh, the text is great, and it's a good resource, right? The Bible app is a great uh, resource to use. Uh, but we're in Bible class. It, it's really easy to get distracted, right? I have my Bible app open. I'm reading John chapter 15. I get a notification. Then what do I want to do? I'm going to want to swipe over and see what's happening over here. Oh, and then I'm going to go back to the Bible, maybe. Oh, and then I get distracted and then I'm going to go over here and I need to, I need to go shopping, right? Like, or whatever it is. It's Amazon day. I gotta, I gotta do that. Uh, so it, it takes away the distractions of the phone as well, whenever they have the paper Bible. And really, in fact, a lot of the time we've kind of banned, I've, I've asked them just to not be on their phones in class and it's, it's really helped. So I'm going to extend a similar challenge, uh, to the church as a whole, uh, I'm not going to be up here every week, obviously, asking, did you bring your Bible? And we're not going to have a, the greeters Sunday morning with like a checklist. Oh, you forgot your Bible. Um, but I am going to extend the challenge. Bring your paper Bibles. There's a lot of good benefits to reading your paper Bible um, together as the body. I can't take us all out to lunch, so I'm sorry. Um, but I would like to extend uh, that invitation and that challenge to you all as well. So Distractions. Distractions happen in our life uh, all around us. I don't know if you've seen the movie Up. Uh, the movie Up. So the movie Up was actually uh, Megan and I's first movie to watch together. Uh, oh, I know. Uh, that's kind of how we, we like buddied up and, and we touched arms for the first time. It was, like, it was a sweet moment. Um, our wedding was actually themed around Up just because we, we, that was like our movie. And, you know, the mailbox where the, they have their handprints. We have that mailbox. It has our names on it. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but I feel like sometimes um, the dog, one of the dogs in Up, right, gets so distracted. He'll be doing something, doing something, doing something. He's like, squirrel! Right? Like, I feel like that happens so often throughout my day. Like, I'll be doing something. I'll, I'll have good momentum. I'm really focused. And then, and then I feel like I see a squirrel, and my focus immediately just diverts. Right. It's reported that on average, we experience an interruption in what we're doing just about every eight minutes. About every eight minutes, your focus is interrupted uh, in what you're doing. And an interruption can take about five to eight minutes to refocus what you're doing. So if that happens every eight minutes in, throughout our day, can you imagine how much time is used and maybe wasted or, or redirecting our focus into what we were doing? Right. So distraction is something that prevents a person from giving their full attention to something else. 
And these distractions are really the world's greatest money makers, if you think about it. Think about all the things that distract us. Now, these things are not bad in and of itself, but they are things that take up our time, right? I mean, I was probably spent a good 30 minutes making this slide. I probably got distracted like five times. Uh, there's a lot of things up here, right? Like I love sports, okay? Sports in and of itself isn't a bad thing, but can it be a distraction to the things that, that we do, right? Absolutely. There's a lot of things up here. Uh, there's a lot of apps. Honestly, if, I, if I'm being completely 100% honest with you, all I had to do was open up my phone and start scrolling through my apps and like 90% of those apps are, I mean, those are just things that, that I see on my phone, right? Minus maybe TikTok and Instagram and Snapchat. I got that. Uh, anyway, but that's a lot of things that can take away our time uh, from something else. I even put Taylor Swift up there for our teenage friends who, who love Taylor Swift. That can definitely be a distraction. Um, anyway, but these are, the, these are really the world's greatest money makers. Ads. Billions and billions and billions of dollars are spent on ads so that you get your attention away from what you're doing and look over here at this shiny thing so that you can buy or be a part of this product. You want to be a part of what they are selling. And this might be an interruption right here, but later, not right now, later today, I would encourage you to look at your screen time on your phone. So to do that, for those who don't know, you go to your settings, you hit the screen time button, and it will break down your screen time. Uh, the average time that you spend on your phone per day, it'll, spend, it'll break down how much time you spend on your phone in a week, and it'll break it down on, it by app. Like it'll tell you how much time you're spending on an app per week. Uh, I had the teens, do this a couple weeks ago. It was a really interesting kind of uh, discussion that we had was, I want you to open your phones, and, and they did this, it was in class. They opened up their phones, looked at their uh, screen time for the week, and, I, and I'm sure that we can have a bunch of different guesses about what, how much time teens spend on their phone. Uh, but instead of just a phone, I, I looked at how much time the average teen spends in front of a screen, right? That could be a TV, a computer screen, it could be a phone. Uh, an iPad, whatever it is. It could be for school too. But the average time a teen spends on the phone throughout the day, seven hours and 22 minutes on average. And we think about that, that's, I mean, really, if you're awake 14, 15 hours a day, maybe, I mean, I don't know what time y'all get up and go to sleep, but that, I mean, that's half, half our day. Half the day is spent in front of a black box, really is in front of a black box and a lot of those times those ads and those things are popping up in, uh, that they see. So then I was like, well, I wonder what the average time for an adult is, right? I would think, well, I'm sure it's a lot less. I mean, I, I look at my own and it's, I mean, it's not, I'm not spending, you know, 22 hours a week on YouTube, but I mean, my, mine's still, it's, I'm kind of surprised at how much time I guess I open my phone. So then the adult, Adults spend six hours and 58 minutes. So really, that, there's, not a, there's not a whole lot of difference between how much time is spent between kids and adults. And, and that was really something shocking to me. We live in a culture of, I want it right now, right? We live in a culture of uh, two-day shipping or less for Amazon. Uh, we live in a, in a day and age where I can order food on my phone and uh, I can have it delivered to my house. I can order my groceries and have it delivered or have it picked up. We get all the things that we want uh, immediately. 
And all these things, again, are not necessarily bad in themselves, but I want us to think about how much time do these things and these distractions can take away from important things that we might need to be focusing on. Spiritual things, things like God and family time and, and friends. And we look at this data and we think that it's a new problem, right? Well, this generation is getting so much worse. This generation this, just a generation that. But, but really, it's not necessarily a generation problem. It's not a new problem. Um, all the way back in Genesis, in the garden, mankind has been distracted, right? Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 6 says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit in the, uh, from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly not die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when your eyes or for when you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the fruit in the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. All right, so we see that the distractions all the way back and the temptations all the way back uh, started in the garden. It, it didn't stop there. I mean, we see... Uh, the Israelites distracted while Moses went up to receive the Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 32. Uh, it says, when the people saw that Moses was taking so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make us gods who will go before us for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt. We don't know what's happened to him. And so time and time again, we see the Israelites uh, thinking that they know better than God or they rebel against him and they, they try their own thing. And God has to help them refocus. Things that help mankind help us refocus from all kinds of distractions in our life, I believe, are reminders. Reminders. The Passover. The Passover is a remembrance. It's a festival that God saved his people. And then we see in Exodus 40, we see the establishing of God's tabernacle. That not only that God dwells with his people, but it's a physical place and a reminder to the people of God's presence. And then we see in 1 Kings 6 that Solomon builds the temple. And then we see in Luke 22, Jesus establishing the Lord's Supper and the cross, the crucifixion. All these are physical reminders that can bring our focus back to God, to get us back on track from distractions. On my wrists, I continually wear two wristbands. Wristbands are also good reminders. I have one uh, that says, pray all the time from 1 Thessalonians 5.17. And then I have one that says, glory is going to come of this. And these are just good reminders for myself to help me refocus uh, throughout my day. So why are reminders important? God wants to be in relationship with us, and those reminders help us refocus to remain in him to bring our attention back to remain in him. So it brings us to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, verse 1. says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. 
while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love, and if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. Verse 11, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. So right at the beginning of the chapter, we see uh, I am Jesus is the true vine. And the father is the gardener. And the gardener is going to do some cutting. He's going to do some pruning. And that cutting is going to happen. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. And there's a few different uh, takeaways that we can gain from this passage. Honestly, there's, there's quite a lot. Um, when Patterson asked me to preach... He asked me, uh, well, what are you going to preach on? Earlier this week, I said, well, John chapter 15. And he took this big gasp. You know, in kind of Patterson fashion, I thought he was like, oh, like, that's a, that's a good one. You know, I thought he was going to be like, yeah, like, do that. He was like, man, I was going to preach on John 15 if you weren't, you know, if I was here this week. I was like, oh, it, you know, I was like, well, I, I don't want to, like, you know, take your thunder or anything. I said, I can do something different uh, instead of John 15. He said, no, do that. Because he believes, he's, he said, I believe that, that this is confirmation um, from the Lord. So I'm going to speak on what the Spirit is laid on my heart from John chapter 15. And Patterson will likely preach on the same text uh, soon, I'm sure, with different uh, takeaways. But I thought that was interesting. Now, I'm a, I'm a limited person. I know. It, it might be hard to believe. I'm a hard, limited person. Uh, we have all sorts of limits as humans, right? We have physical limits, spiritual limits, emotional limits, intellectual limits. Uh, I have great physical limitation, uh, especially as I get older. Uh, you know, I, I can do less things that I used to be able to do. Now, now I know some of you are looking at me and are like, oh, he's young and he's the youth minister. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, However, I cannot go out at nine o'clock anymore with the teens and go to Sonic and throw back a double bacon cheeseburger and some onion rings and a milkshake and then go to bed and think that everything's going to be dandy. <laughs> That's a physical limitation that I did not used to have that now uh, I have those repercussions. Uh, I have great intellectual limitations. I, I don't know everything. Uh, I don't know a lot of things. I have emotional limitations. I, it's hard to help someone emotionally with something that I have not experienced or maybe gone through myself. Uh, I have spiritual limitations. I, I can't save myself. We're designed as humans to have these limits, and these limits, they keep us safe. 
Limits keep us from overextending ourselves, keep us from harming ourselves greatly. Uh, but the human nature is, is to what? We, we want to push those limits that are in place. Now, I know I shouldn't eat after a certain time, but sometimes, if I'm being honest, and Megan's not around, and it's a lock-in time, I want to push what I can eat past a certain time, because I'm like, oh, I'm with the teens, I'm going to hang, right? No. Um, and we especially like to push the limits that God has in place for us. Did God really say not to eat the apple? You know, you can still love this person, but hate this person. Is that little lie really that bad? God's limits are to keep us holy and safe and pure and a righteous people. However, we sometimes subconsciously think that we can do the thing that we know we ought not to do and everything is going to be okay. But Jesus calls us to remain in him, to abide, to stay, to stay with him as the vine. Here are three things that I see that happens when we remain in the vine. One, change happens. Change happens when we remain with the vine. Two, we bear fruit. And three, our joy is made complete. So one, change happens. The author, Tony Robbins, he, he puts it this way. Change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. I'm going to say that again. Change happens when the pain of staying the same, doing the same thing you're doing over and over and over, that pain is greater than the pain of actually having to change. And when I'm going through the cutting, and this cutting is, is going to happen, the, the pruning is... You're going to get cut. You're going to get pruned. And maybe we need to sit with that for a minute. It doesn't say if, you know, if uh, the pruning happens. It doesn't say, well, you're already bearing fruit, so you just keep doing that and I'm going to leave you alone. No, it's, it says the, the cutting is going to happen. But when that happens, the pain is too great to stay the same. Something has to change. And the pain of going through the trial is too great for something not to change. I'm not going to look the same. I'm not going to act the same before, before the cutting happened. I might have been bearing fruit before. But after this, wow, I'm, I'm going to change some things in my life. I'm going to change some habits. I'm going to change my mindset, maybe, about how I feel about others. Everyone is going to get cut. Because the cutting is coming. And it'll hurt. And maybe you've experienced that already recently. The branch that is not bearing fruit will be cut off and, and burned. Those branches have already made the decision to not abide or remain in the vine. They have already chose not to be with him on the vine. However, what about the branches that are already producing fruit? Why do those branches have to be cut? Why do those branches have to be pruned? The pruning, when we remain in the vine, produces more fruit. And this is to the Father's glory. Number two, we're cut and we're pruned to bear more fruit. How many times do we get stuck doing the same routine? How many times do we get stuck doing the same thing, which is good, 
right? Like our calendar, we're doing good things. It's not like, oh, we're off just doing monotonous things. We're doing good things. Um, but even in those things, maybe the fruit, maybe the growth, maybe the growth of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and the self-control, that maybe the growth of that hasn't, hasn't grown in us in years. And the trials come and the pruning comes and when we abide and we stay with the vine, we can bear more fruit tenfold than maybe that we've been doing for the last few years, just doing the same thing. Remain in him through the cutting. And number three, remain in his love and your joy is made complete. Verse nine says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. Here it is. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. The cutting, the cutting is coming. Growing up, uh, my father, it, it, you know, it's hard. I, I see Patterson come up here and be vulnerable, and I think he does a great job at it. And, and, it's, and it can be hard. Growing up, I, my father was a, a stern kind of fellow, right? Hard expectations about how to act, uh, how to talk. Um, maybe not the best communicator at times that we know that dads can kind of struggle with got angry sometimes, right? But always had a relationship with him growing up. I knew that he loved me. And my dad has been someone that has produced fruit in his life. And, and I believe who has helped others produce fruit in their life as well. He's elder at his church, uh, helps out on Sundays, teaches. And is someone that has remained to the vine throughout his life and has set that example for his children. And I've seen that throughout his life. Uh, my dad now has stage three aggressive pancreatic cancer and has undergone about five months out of six months of chemo. And the tumor has shrunken very little. Uh, the surgeon in Tulsa has said that it's inoperable, that they would have to be referred to Mayo Clinic to they said there's only one doctor in the US. There's five in the world who would even think about touching this kind of aggressive cancer. There's one in the US that, that you need to be referred to at Mayo. So they went and uh, had his case reviewed by this surgeon at Mayo and got the call that said this, this tumor is still inoperable from the top surgeon in, in the country. Um, they're still looking at second opinions and things like that, but the, the greater option is complete radiation at this stage, which will uh, less likely affect the growth of the tumor with the hope that maybe it will become operable soon. But all through these last six months, I've seen my father be more intentional, uh, more intentional with his family, with my kids, uh, my dad has taught Bible class. He's attended worship, a life group. 
He's preached a couple times. Uh, he continues to lead singing at his church. Uh, I see that, and I think, how, how is that possible? Dad, why are you doing that? Like you are in great pain, and you know the result of what's going to happen. Um, I see the struggle. I see the struggle that some of you all have been through as our church family and the dedication that you have to this family and this church. And here's what I see. I see verse 10 being played out in real time. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and remain in his love. And I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that my joy may be complete. The joy of the Lord I see is in my Father through this cutting. The joy of the Lord I, I can see in you all who have been through similar situations through the cutting. This cutting is it's going to happen. It's going to hurt. Remain in the vine through the cutting. Remain in his love and you will see change happen. You will see more fruit become fruitful and your joy will be made complete. I'm gonna ask that the elders uh, come forward for our prayer time. If you need anything at all, um, I know that they would love to come and pray with you uh, through any situation that you may have. Uh, I pray over your week. I pray a blessing over uh, the things that you have going on in your life. Let's all stand together and we'll sing our song of invitation. <laughs>